Hello, and thank you for joining us for the Hatchbend Apostolic Church web broadcast. In our society today, some, and yes, sadly, maybe even most, question the value of preaching in their lives. But we still believe what Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. In essence, Paul preached that God has chosen the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. And so that's why we still place such a high value on the preached word of God in agreement to the scripture. And so now I'd like to thank you again for joining us for a message from the pulpit of Hatchbend Apostolic Church. Today, I am so thankful, so thankful people all over this country and all over this world have walked into a house of worship today and have not had the opportunity to feel the presence of the Holy Ghost in this house. Thank you for standing. You may be seated. I recognize the time. Uh, it's pretty much useless for me to turn on this iPad because Brother Rayleigh, he's got on all of my notes, so I would just have to tear them out. He got on Saul and he got on Jesse and David, and, and so there's not much need for me to, to go there today. We'll save that for next year, but could you handle just a few minutes? Just a few minutes. I reckon we'll call this a, a man a minute instead of a man a moment. That way, if I go over a moment, you won't cast stones at me. I, I too, before I begin, I want to concur with, it's been said several times today about Wednesday night. Um, you know, I've been to a lot of Bible studies in my life. A lot of Wednesday night church used to be Tuesday night church. And I, I pay homage and give no disrespect to any man of God that's ever stood behind this desk or my pastor, or anyone that's preached, but you can go far and wide, and you will never hear what you heard Wednesday night. That, that wasn't just testimony. That wasn't just testimony, but that was teaching and preaching. There were some things that was drilled into me Wednesday night that has, that has weighed on my mind and bared on my mind uh, over the past few days, and and I'm thankful for the opportunity to be among people that can speak into my life. I never, never want to get to a place where, where my life, where I'm void, and I don't allow nothing to come into my life or speak into my life. Sister Osborne, I don't mean to, to bring embarrassment to you this morning, but you said something in your closing comments Wednesday night uh, that, that has been, it has challenged me. She said because of her limited mobility in these years of her life, if you was here, you know what I'm talking about. She said she wasn't able to knock doors. She wasn't able to pass out tracks. She wasn't able to make the peanut brittle. So what she has done to supersede that is she has prayed that God would send her somebody to share the gospel with. See, we, we as a church and we as a generation have somehow got the plan of salvation confused we hear the term saved and we think that it ends there and begins there. But I beg to differ this morning and that's why Jesus said in Matthew 28 and 19 when he was instructing the disciples, he said, go ye 
and teach the nations. He's speaking to a group of men that has been with him. They understand him. They know what's about to take place. He's fixing to leave and give them power. So he's giving them a responsibility. Remember this. There will always be, I know there's, there's different tentacles and different veins and different ministries of the church. But understand what I'm about to say. There are three categories that every Christian, every saint of God will fall into in the church. There's only three places you can be in service to the kingdom. You can be in a non-existent state, which is pretty self-explanatory. Uh, that is a person who feels that they have been saved and they sit and wait on the return of Jesus. You can be in a duty state of service, uh, which is out of obligation. You've, you've, we feel shamed or we feel obligated to do things for the kingdom of God. And Or you can fall into the category that I want to keep myself in and do the best I can be to have a positive attitude, and that is the desire service. And what Sister Osborne was speaking of Wednesday night was a desire service. She desires to serve the kingdom. She desires to serve the Lord and she desires to play her part. See, the enemy, he, he can trick us with wiles and, and he can trick us with his lies and sometimes he can confuse us because, see, God will give us promises to hold on to. Ain't but a few of us ever got a promise, I reckon. If God has ever give you a promise, I don't want to embarrass nobody, but if God has ever give you a promise, would you raise your hand? Now, if you have a promise that is unfulfilled, would you be so bold as to raise your hand? It's discouraging. It's discouraging to know that God said he was going to give you something and you can't have it. When Jennifer and I, forgive my transparency, but just, just bear with me. I believe the Holy Ghost wants to help somebody. When Jennifer and I first come into church, I knew at a young age there was a calling on my life and I just assumed that because of my mistakes in life that God would lift that calling, but it didn't take me long to recognize that it was still there. It was still there. And we had a desire to do something for the, for the kingdom, something specific. We prayed about it. We talked about it. We went to bed with it at night. We woke up with it in the morning, Brother Bobby. This is what we wanted. Here we are, God. Send me. This is what I want to do. And that almost consumed us. I'm ashamed to tell you that my prayers begin to focus and center around this thing that I wanted to do. In 2008, a missionary come through, Brother McFarlane, and Jennifer and I stood right here and we was praying. And he prayed over us and spoke a few words of encouragement into our life. And I felt the Lord speak to me in my spirit. Now, Jesus was a great, Orator of words, his parables, his, his teachings just, just flows like milk and honey. But when he speaks to me, he has to get down on Jerry's level. So in my spirit, I felt the Lord saying, Jerry, enough is enough. I'm sick and tired of hearing about it, and I want you to sit down about it, and I want you to hush about it. I've got something else in time, in season, We'll allow that to take place in your life. So where's Jerry? I hold to the promise. I hold to the promise. And 
time elapses and we cross over that that peak that they call 40 and start heading down the other side and I realize I'm getting older, it's slipping away and I begin to I begin to get a little bit bitter. And you know what happens when you get a little bit bitter. If you don't do something about it, it grows. It's like a baby. I said, God, I'm begging you, please help me. Get up in the middle of the night and try to slip out of the bed without her knowing. And I'd go to my chair and my face would fall in my hands and I would cry. God, help me. Help me. And just like he always does, he has to he has to help me in simple ways too. I was reading of how the children of Israel come across the Red Sea and they're waiting to cross into the promised land. And in the book of Numbers, I believe it's chapter thirteen, God tells Moses, He says, I want you to send out some spies. Go out and spy this land. And they go spy this land. And we, I'll, I'll jump to the conclusion. Y'all, y'all know the report they bring back. But Joshua and Caleb says, we can do this. They said, here I am. Send me. We can do this. But because of the, the bad report, we know how God kept them in the wilderness for 40 years. And I looked at the situation like this. I said, why did Caleb and Joshua get punished? They was ready. They was willing. God give them a promise. He give them a promise and now he makes them wait. And I compared that to my own life. You know, if he would have just let Joshua and Caleb live on the fence line and reach over every now and then and grab a big grape, that might would even help. But they suffered in the wilderness with everyone else until 20 and up died off. And I thought, my God... Why is it that you would punish your children that are so faithful? Why would you set someone to the side that is so willing to serve? I said, God, I I need you to help me with this. And like he does in simplistic ways with me, I was helping coach Ethan and Landon's little 10-year-old tackle football last year in the fall. And, uh, Little fellers, they'd go to practice and practice hard, and they would, uh, we was practicing. We thought the strength of our team, and I, I know I'm going to lose 99% of you, but I, I'm reaching for that one today. We thought the strength of our team would be our defense. Jeremy Bird, where are you at? Come here, come here, Hunter, come here. Come here, Hunter. Come here, Noah, come here. We thought that the 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 strength of our team would be the defense. Y'all my defensive line. Y'all my offensive line. Come here, Landon. Go back there and play running back. Come here, Ethan. Now this is slow motion, boys. Don't go in beast mode on me. We thought that the strength of our team would be our defense because we we anticipated practicing and playing an attacking defense. So when we showed up for our first game, let me tell you, we got run out of the stadium. When I tell you they run touchdown, 
after touchdown after touchdown. I could see from the sideline that our secondary, Ethan played the safety position, and that's what you call this back here. Those of you who know a little bit about football, it's called the secondary. And the secondary would rush in up front, land and run down the sideline. And when the, when the running back would break out, we was all bottled up and tangled up, and he was gone. Okay, go back. We said, we got to work on this. I'm going somewhere. Stay with me. We said, we got to work on this. So we gathered up at practice. And instead of going from the sideline, I moved to the back of Ethan. And I'd grab hold of his jersey. I'd say, Ethan, I'd get in the ear hole of his helmet. And I said, Ethan, you got to watch the football. Don't take your eyes off the football. Watch the transition from the center to the quarterback and to the running back. And you do not move until you have it located. And we begin. And they'd snap the ball and he'd try to take off and I'd pull him back. I'd say, no, no. And then I'd release him and he could go when it was time. And he would get there and the play would be finished. It would be over and he got to do nothing. And after about three days of this, he began to cry. And he says, I don't want to play football anymore, Uncle Jerry. I can't get in on the tackles. I can't do nothing. It's no fun standing back here. And I got to thinking about myself, how I would sit in my chair and cry for myself at night. I got to thinking about how the Lord, I I didn't want to play the secondary. I wanted to play up front. I wanted to play in the offense. And there's someone under the sound of my voice today who has played in the secondary. And you're playing in the secondary. And the devil's told you a lie and tell you that, and he's told you that wiping these pews off don't matter. Brother Junior, he said that trimming the edges of the sidewalks don't matter. Teaching Sunday school ladies and gentlemen don't matter. But I've come to tell somebody today that it matters. The secondary matters. Wherever God has you, that's where he wants you. Remember that our attitude your attitude in the kingdom, your attitude in the kingdom will determine your altitude. God's got a plan. He's got ordered steps. Young people, listen to me. Before you were formed, before your mother and father was formed, God knew you. That's why you can't do what other kids do at school. That's why you can't go other places they go because there's ordered steps. God has called you out. He's chosen you. Brother Rayleigh, I respectfully say this, but I know, I think I know why they wasn't looking for David. I know why Samuel was looking for someone of high stature. I know why Jesse did not call him out of the field. It wasn't because they didn't love him. It wasn't because they didn't care about him, but they said he's not qualified. He's not qualified, but none of us are, but we're chosen. We're chosen, and David was chosen. And when we begin to realize that God has us where he wants us, even if it's in the secondary, and even if we have to hang back sometimes, I told Ethan, I said, I, I said listen to me. I had to buy him an iPad or a, a, one of his game pads so he'd finish the season. But I said, listen to me, if you will listen to me and if you will do this, I said, you'll be the hero or the zero. And lo and behold, 
run the football, Landon. When we got into our next game and it was time to play and he obeyed and done what he was supposed to, he will step up and able to help. And if we will stay where we're supposed to be, if we will stay where God has planted us, I know that he's given us a promise. Thank you, boys. Thank you. I know he's given us a promise. I know he said, I'm going to give you this. But there's a reason God shuts doors. Don't try to open a door that God has shut. And when the door opens, when the door opens, rejoice. Rejoice. But my Lord in heaven, when it closes, you rejoice too. Because God has closed that door for a reason. There's, a, there's purpose and there's ordered steps. And we've got to stay on track. Would you stand with me this morning? I'm so thankful that I've got a God that loves me enough. I'm so thankful that I've got a God that loves me enough to protect me. We have no idea what He keeps us from every day. I'm thankful for the blessings. I'm thankful, but I'm more thankful from what I don't even see that He's keeping me from. He loves us. He cares about us. When, Sam, when Saul went out, Saul was sent on a mission by his father that a servant should have done. He sent a servant with him, but Saul had no business going to look for some lost donkeys. He sends him out to find the donkeys. Saul leaves his home, a farmer. He's on a journey. Thank God for a humble servant that will listen to the voice of God. And this servant knows where there's a prophet. And he goes to Samuel. Samuel says, don't worry about the, don't worry about the donkeys. They're safe. And, God, and Samuel pours that anointed oil from God over Saul and makes him an anointed king. And there's some of us in this house today we feel like we're a farmer. Don't count for much. Don't mean much in the kingdom of God. We've left home a farmer. But can I tell you today that we're going home a king? We're going home a king. Can we lift our hands across this house? Lord, I love you. I thank you. This message has been brought to you today by the media ministry of Hatchbend Apostolic Church. We pray that it's ministered to you in some way, and we'd like to take this opportunity to invite you to join us in service here at Hatchbend Apostolic. Our Sunday services begin at 10 a.m. and our Wednesday night service at 7.30 p.m. For any more information or to speak with our ministry staff, please feel free to call our church office at 386-935-2806, or you can visit the contact link here on our website. Again, thank you for listening, and we pray God's richest blessings on you and your family.